All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. How's it going? I know it's uh, been a little bit since my last podcast, but I've had, I've had a busy little week. We're going into Christmas, um, and I, I I have not had time to fully sit down and watch all of the games that happened at the end of the USN Nationals. Uh, previously, we discussed my thoughts on the intro, the first couple games, the first round, and today we're going to be talking about the second round as well as the final. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Anchors and Entries, a time for a meeting podcast covering Rainbow Six Siege Pro League. I want to thank you guys all for tuning in. Make sure you leave, I don't know, can we leave like, I don't even know how Anchor works. It broadcasts it onto other sites. I don't know how it works, you guys. But hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I'm fond of your face. And let's jump into this. So looking at my notes, it looks like the first game we had on the day, because I'm having to look kind of back and look at my notes. I didn't get a chance to watch these live, so uh, you'll hear me kind of ruffling around, making sure that I get things right. But first game of the day, we had SSG versus the Susquehanna Sonics. The Susquehanna Sonics being the surprise team making it this far, uh, I think most people expected Two-Faced, now Tempo Storm, to make it past them, but they didn't. They got 2-0'd in a very close game, but nonetheless, Susquehanna Sonics up against Space Station Gaming. The maps that this went to was Clubhouse and Coastline. Now, the first thing that I have to say, you guys can probably hear that train in the background, can't you? I apologize. I live right next to a train track. It gets in the way a lot. But first thing I want to say is I, I don't understand the Susquehanna Sonics picking Clubhouse as the starting map because that was the Sonics pick. Um, and when they showed the pick rate and the win rate for the two teams, the Sonics had only won the map one time and they had banned it six times previously. If we look at SSG, on the other hand, I I didn't get how many times they had banned it. I missed that, but they've won it 10 times. That's, that's a strong map for SSG. And I, I don't, Obviously, without being in the team and hearing team comps and stuff like that, I can't say 100% why they thought Clubhouse would be a good matchup for them. It was not. SSG stormed out, and they got the 7-3 win on Clubhouse. They looked absolutely dominant as Susquehanna Sonics looked like they, they forgot how to play Siege, honestly. It was not pretty at all. Um, I think, in fact, Superhead tweeted out previously in reference to his rivalry, 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 there we go, with uh, Crazy, who plays for Tempo Storm, that he was looking forward to the SSG match because unlike the Tempo Storm guys, SSG would shoot back. And I think it was Intero who said, they're not shooting back, they're shooting first and they're winning. It did not look like the Sonics could shoot back at all. It did not look like they had it in them to even challenge SSG on that map. It was an absolutely dominant performance across the field, um, across both maps, honestly. They ended up winning Coast 7-5, or not the Sonics. Uh, SSG ended up winning. Listen, all the G's, or all the S's keep throwing me off between the SSG and the Susquehanna Sonics. SSG ended up winning Coastline 7-5. That was a much closer map, but SSG just still looked like the stronger team. Um, The roles within 
SSG are still a little bit confusing to me. This team has been together for, I think, three months at this point with the addition of Canadian. That's their most recent pickup. Canadian has long been an IGL. That's what he's doing now. He's playing the supports. Bosco tends to kind of be this secondary support player. I didn't think this was as good a game for him as his previous one uh, against... Ooh, who did they play? Oh, Dark Zero. He didn't look as strong as he did against Dark Zero. However, the Dark Zero game was absolutely fantastic for Bosco, and it's hard to kind of blame him for not living up to that because he he played out of his mind that game. Biggest thing to note in this game, in my opinion, the entire team for SSG had above a 1.0 rating. That's absolutely amazing. It's a fantastic team performance. I think the lowest was Bosco at a 1.00. That's absolutely insane. To have your entire team above a 1 or at a 1 in some cases. Yeah, Susquehanna Sonics look like a much better team on LAN, and they look like a better team with the time that they've had with Slebin and Gomfi. They certainly look better than they did at the start of Season 11? Season 10? Yeah, we just wrapped up Season 10. They look like a much stronger team with those two uh, than they did during the season. However, unfortunately, they did get relegated. Now, the announcement has been made that we are going to 10 teams in Pro League with no relegation. It'll be interesting to see how that works, and it'll be interesting to see how... Uh, Ubisoft, and I'm assuming it's still ESL. I know there was some stuff about the contracts with ESL, but I, I haven't been able to do too much research on that just yet. But it'll be interesting to see going forward what that kind of looks like. And do the Sonics, who just got relegated, do they get moved back up? Uh, you know, wish this announcement had been made previously. We might still have a rogue roster. And the rogue mos- roster might reform. Um, obviously with different players, but I do hope to see Rogue Esports stay in Siege. I think they are an awesome org, and they kind of have a legacy and a dynasty within Siege, uh, similar to the way Pinta picked up a team shortly after their championship team moved to G2. So yeah, it'll be interesting going forward to see kind of what happens with the Sonics and whether or not they get back into Pro League, if there's like a mini playoff, or do they get it automatically because they were the most recent team in Pro League. I don't know how that's going to work. Ubisoft has not made that announcement yet. Anyways, on to the second game. Reciprocity versus TSM. This was a scary performance, in my opinion, from the Reciprocity roster. This was a game where, really, in my opinion, we saw for the first time how good Reciprocity could be with this current lineup. They looked good versus Evil... No, they didn't play Evil Geniuses, did they? Oh, let me pull this up. They look good against Team Luminosity. Luminosity Gaming. I keep wanting to say Team Luminosity. They look good against Luminosity Gaming. However, it was not as strong a performance as what we saw from Team Reciprocity for, say, on Bank. Bank, they went 7-2, and won four of their attacking rounds, and, no, wait, three of their attacking rounds, and four of their defensive rounds. They looked absolutely dominant in this game and i think the scariest thing about it was how quickly we kind of saw the synergy of nix and vertical kind of joining this team i think they both provided very good sparks in their own individual play um nix played really really well on support on defense and then he was a very very good 
entry fragger on Ash. He went four and two on his opening kills to opening deaths. Uh, I think the only person with more opening kills was Achieved with five, but Achieved also had four opening deaths. So to have him go positive two, that's absolutely fantastic. He actually did better than Vert did. Vert went three and four. Not saying that's a bad game for Vert. Vert Vertical still went 17 and nine across the map. Standout performer in that game, though, for me, laxing 100%, laxing 28 and 3 with two opening kills, no opening deaths, two 1v1s playing as his most prevalent operators, Thatcher on attack and Echo on defense. Now they actually have two people who kind of mained Echo in quotation marks uh, in Nyx and Laxing. But yeah, in, in the those two maps, Laxing played absolutely out of his mind with some really good support from Nix and Burt. And I think that's where reciprocity is going to be its scariest going forward. I think the combination of those two with the frag power and just the play style of laxing, it's going to go really, really well for them. I think they have, in the long run, they still have some work to do to get everybody up to the same speed. But I think they're going to be very strong going forward. I, I expect to see them in the top two for North America again. <clears throat> and I also think that if they play the way they did in that game, especially they have a chance of winning the invitational coming up. They certainly have uh, that chance. And I think they're, they're going to be scary going into invitational. Um, as far as TSM goes, they did not look super strong today. Geo in particular had a bad game, uh, ended up going five and 15, uh, zero opening kills, four opening deaths. I don't know how much of that is just the fact that he's still new to the roster. Pojo wasn't playing. <clears throat> and I don't know what the play style is going to be with Pojo back on the roster. We have not seen TSM at its full strength yet. We have seen TSM play with Tim Z, who played very, very well. Uh Massive props to Tim Z for playing and, and playing very, very competently. He wasn't playing out of his mind. He wasn't, you know, leading in frags or anything, but he played well enough to get his team into a position after the first match that they had against EG that they were able to make it forward uh, into this game against Reciprocity. So once once Pojo is back on the roster, I'll be interested to see kind of the operators that Geo's playing. He was playing Maverick and Legion a lot during this game. I don't, like I said, I don't know what the roles will be once Pojo's back, but I have to believe that they will shift a little bit to put Geo hopefully into a better position to get those frags and to win his gunfights because he just didn't look like himself in this game. Geo, he looked more timid. He looked more reserved than what we've seen from him previously and that's not going to be good for TSM. I think TSM is a dark horse to come into the top three, I'd say, of North America. He just needs, or they just need, they just need this team to come together fully and really kind of figure out their play, their style, who's going to be on what roles. They, Like I said, they've probably already done that. We just haven't had a chance to see it yet just because we have not seen Pojo on the roster yet. And going into the final game on the third day, we had SSG versus Team Reciprocity in the grand final. Best of five. Uh, the three maps that ended up getting played were Clubhouse, Consulate, and Bank. Unfortunately, those were all the maps that we saw. It was a 3-0 swift for SSG. They 
seem to just sweep reciprocity off their feet. Vertical had a fantastic game. However, Fultz, a little bit better, played really, really well, and definitely earned his MVP status. Retro, I feel like, had one of his quieter showings in in these three maps in particular. He ended up going 8-24. and That's not the retro that we see all the time. That's not the retro that we've come to kind of get used to. That's not the retro that he's shown up time and time again for his team to put them in positions to win games. So this was not his best performance. I'd like to see more uh, from retro going forward. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's, I think he might be the most undervalued player in North America right now. So it'll be interesting because it felt like team reciprocity in the first two days of this tournament were absolutely unstoppable. I was afraid for SSG that they were not going to win going into this game. I was afraid that I'm a team reciprocity fan, so I say afraid. I thought reciprocity was going to roll with this one. But I don't know if it was just the fact that reciprocity had already done two games where they went all out and they were just tired or what it was. But the reciprocity that showed up in this game was not the reciprocity that we had seen the the rest of the tournament. To give you an idea of kind of what I'm talking about, reciprocity only had one player above a 1.0 rating. uh, And that was actually vertical at a 1.17. Now, if we look at SSG, on the other hand, they had one player below a 1.00, and that was Thinking Nade, who was at a 0.99. Thinking Nade was 0.01 away from being at a 1 rating. SSG right now is the more full team. They are the more team-oriented team, if that makes sense. They played very well off each other. They played very well uh, in sync. Canadian was the only player on SSG to even go negative in KD. And that was only by two. He had 16 kills, 18 deaths. Everyone else, plus 17 for Fultz, plus 11 for Rampy, plus four for Bosco, and plus two for Thinking Nade. SSG is playing like a team right now, and we still have yet to see uh, that come out of reciprocity in the limelight. They did it previously in their first two games, but in the game that mattered the most, unfortunately, they were not able to live up to expectations, at least the expectations that I had for them. I expected them to be a lot better than this. I expected them to uh, really come out and at least put pressure on SSG, but I felt like they didn't even uh, show up to this game. It felt like they just kind of hit. It felt like they they knew SSG was going to win. They watched SSG at the OGA pit, and they just knew. I I don't like that. I want to see reciprocity firing on all cylinders going forward and like i said i think they'll be a very scary team but if we see more of this where it's kind of they die off at the end that's not going to be good for them that's not going to be enough to win invitational that's not going to be enough to get onto the main stage at invitational if you play poorly across a couple games that that might be enough to get you sent home early reciprocity has to find a way to really gel as a team like we did previously in those first few games if they can do that, they're a terrifying team. No doubt in my mind that they have the talent and the roster at this point to take it all the way at Invitational. SSG still has to qualify for Invitational. However, there is not a single doubt in my mind that they're making it. There is there is no way that this team 
is not making it to the Invitational. They're going to win the qualifier. They're going to win the open bracket. Or is it, I don't know if it's open, closed, whatever. They're going to win the brackets coming up. That's actually currently being played right now, I think. BDS just earned their spot at the Invitational, beating out Team Secret, who's been on a dominant run throughout that qualifier, beating G2, taking G2 out. That was massive. G2 is not going to defend their Invitational spot unless they get an invite from Ubisoft. It's entirely possible. There's been a lot of controversy. I'll make an entire video or podcast about my thoughts of whether or not G2 should get the invite spot. But Latam is currently playing for it. I think MIBR is playing. I'm not sure who. But it'll be very, very interesting to see kind of who makes it. But in my mind, SSG, definitely the North America uh, leader. So it's MIBR and Team 1. So MIBR currently has the map lead. They were given that because they won the higher bracket they didn't come up from the loser bracket like team one did so mibr very well could be earning their spot into invitational right now but yeah ssg in my opinion will make it they are a fantastic team they're incredibly strong right now and they're looking better and better every time that we see them every time we see ssg they seem to just look a hair better a hair better and a hair better and that's a scary thing because a lot of teams will start to fade after a little bit They've continued to look just good. So, SSG is your USN national champions. We had a Canadian, the Canadian, be crowned the best team in North America. Actually, not even North America, in the United States. We had a Canadian win a tournament in the U.S. Sad. Either way, we were going to. Fox A is also Canadian. So, either way, we would have had a Canadian winner. But, hey. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have all enjoyed. Like I said, I'll have another podcast out for you guys here soon. I love you guys, and I'm fond of your faces. I'll see y'all next time.